4: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: This is the Lombardi Live with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSEN.
5: Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the sports betting network, to all of our new affiliates across the country. Listening on the radio, we welcome you. Remember, you can sign up for the newsletter. It's vsin.com. It's free. Make sure you check it out. Build your betting portfolio from there. If you're new to the show, you haven't heard Vinny Maliulo. I must say, it's in my contract that he is a Hall of Famer from behind the book there at the South Point. And we were talking about the – he's laughing. We were talking about the super wild card weekend, and maybe we should just start with the handle. Uh, I would imagine mm-hmm. it was massive because also you had that Monday night affair with the Cowboys and Bucks, where maybe betters were chasing a little bit. Let's start there, Ben. Hi.
2: Hey, guys. Good to be with you. Uh, yeah, just a tremendous weekend last weekend. Uh, you know, six games uh, obviously spread out nicely, two Saturday. The three on Sunday, and then of course the Monday night game, as you mentioned, we love a, a good uh, a good Monday night game, and it was a, a pretty anticipated matchup, and everything going to it, and and I think what added to the uh, you know to the anticipation, the excitement, and certainly the handle was not just the five previous playoff games from last weekend, guys, but remember, the Monday before was the uh, uh, Georgia. Um, TCU playoff game, uh, title game uh, uh, for college football, and so that kind of started the uh, the roller, uh, you know, the uh, the ripple effect uh, going into last Monday. So when you take all those factors into consideration, um, we wound up with a, a handle that would rival a regular season with, uh, uh, you know, I would say if, if you take out, uh, you know, take let's say a, a regular season week where there were buys. You know, would say four teams weren't playing. That's uh, that's how much handle it was last week. So uh, great action once again uh, in terms of the playoffs. And this week's not going to disappoint either. You've got marquee teams, teams that have been pretty popular, uh, either all during the season or in recent, uh, you know, the last month, month and a half. Particularly the uh, the Jaguars.
6: Vinny, is it me or all I hear about now is every you ask you ask anybody who they like. And everybody's doing a teaser, like it's the teaser fan, you know. Like we're everybody, oh, I'll tease this to that game. I mean, is is it me, or does it seem like teasers have become really popular, or is it because these lines are where they are, the teasers are more pliable?
2: Well, I think uh, a good question, Michael. But you, when you look at the numbers, they're key numbers, right? I mean, when you start looking at the you know the threes, the the sixes, sevens, and, and tens, in some cases. Uh, uh, like last week there's opportunities to tease both sides and I think that's what f- some folks have uh, uh, have decided to do teasers always become more popular during the uh, during the playoffs I mean they're, they're popular during the course of the year certainly more so with the general public uh, professionals will tease uh, uh, up more more so than uh, than uh, casual fans and uh, the general public the general public will tease favorites down uh, but pros, uh, will look to get as many points as possible, and so they'll they'll tease them up. In some cases, some folks will, will tease both ways. But uh, teasers are pretty popular uh, right now, and uh, that's uh, certainly going to be the case, particularly in the first game. I think you're going to see uh, – we're, we're seeing lots of Chiefs teasers right now. In fact, the game is up, up to nine and probably going to continue to, uh, uh, to grow.
1: Is well, that, the Chiefs teaser – he-
6: Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, go ahead, Patrick. No, go ahead.
5: Yeah, well, the Chiefs teaser are now some protection, right? Because down to three from the nine as opposed to the eight and a half, which you could tease through the three. I will say this, and Michael, you and I have been talking about it incessantly. Those numbers we threw out last weekend from Mackinnon, as far as wildcard weekend where the number doesn't matter, it's fascinating how the number doesn't matter and everybody's suggesting teasers. It's like that's, that's counterintuitive to manipulate a number. When it doesn't matter, you see what I'm saying. So it's like right. no if doubt. you like a no team, doubt. just go ahead and lay the wood. And we're talking about right. potentially now teasing where you have to win two, three, two games as opposed to just the one, Vinny. That's interesting, right? Because Mackinnon's numbers were overwhelming, where the numbers really don't matter.
2: No, my uh, he he did. Uh, Steve did a great job of breaking that down. I mean, it's uh, it particularly in that first week. You know, we had six games where that was it. I mean, if you liked the, those uh, those those teams on a teaser last week, you didn't need the teaser. You just went right at the right at the numbers, and the numbers came true. So, uh, yeah, that you know. But but again, folks. Uh, it, you know maybe it's a little bit of a security blanket and they, they like yes. uh, you know to take as many points as possible but uh, nonetheless they're there. Not everybody offers teasers uh, uh, at, at this time of year either. so uh, again that's just a matter of uh, choice. Uh, we still have them uh, here uh, at South Point and gone gaming and we're gonna we're gonna keep them uh, right through uh, right through the uh, playoffs <laughs> until we get to the Super Bowl when you know uh, but even in the Super Bowl you know people are going to be able they're going to tease aside to the total.
6: Yeah, I think to me this is always – there's always an upset this weekend for me. This is just my perception. I have no data to support it. but And it always – this round is more of a hometown-friendly round. Like, I think there's an upset, but I think the home teams typically prevail. I think there'll be one game that you could say, okay, who's going to upset? And then the other ones are going to probably stay true to form in terms of the home team's going to have a significant advantage. And I think you got to try to figure that one out. What team do you think – has the best advantage, which leads me to my question to you, Vinny, is what what underdog do you think you're going to need on Sunday to help you?
2: Well, certainly, a lot's going to depend on tomorrow. We could use one of. The, we're going to need one of the dogs tomorrow. I mean, when when you look at the you know the fact that both favorites are getting played considerably right now. Uh, Chiefs from uh, eight to, uh, up to nine. Uh, Eagles are now. Uh, we hit eight. You know, we opened them at seven. They were at seven and a half for a few days, and now eight. Uh, so I think that's going to depend, you know, there's always that carryover factor, right? And and the game that's going to have the biggest carryover factor is, uh, uh, you know, the marquee matchup between the Cowboys and the 49ers, Michael. So I think that, you know, these games tomorrow and then what happens in Buffalo on uh, Sunday afternoon is going to really impact uh, how that uh, that number uh, uh, in the 49er game moves. And, and, and again, if it's a, a roll of the favorites leading into that game, that number's probably going to go higher uh, higher than four. Uh, we did go four. And what's happening in that game is they're taking the four, but they're laying three and a half. Right now we're back to four. So uh, lay, taking four with, uh, with the Cowboys uh, and laying three and a half with the Niners so far, but that's uh, certainly going to be impacted by the three previous games that lead up to it.
5: Well, let's start with two of those, which are tomorrow, Jacksonville, Kansas City, mm-hmm. and the Giants at Philly. Where at the south point did you open, and what has happened with the numbers so far?
2: So uh, eight, they laid eight uh, right away uh, on uh, uh, when we posted these uh, numbers uh, last weekend, and then uh, laid eight and a half, we're up to nine, and they're betting the uh, the Chiefs on uh, on the money line as well. That game is up to five to one now, uh, plus, uh, plus uh, $4 if you, if you like the Jags to come back. Uh, I would say of all the teams that we we mentioned in teasers earlier, guys, this is a teaser that's uh, certainly getting the most play, and that is teasing the Chiefs down. They started teasing the Chiefs down uh, from 8 down to as low as 1, and now sitting at 9 going with the 7-point teaser down to 2. So Chiefs are in more teasers than uh, than the Jags. I suspect we'll see some Jags teasers. If if this game gets to 10, which I highly doubt – uh, again, that'd be a uh, well. Then again, it may. I, I shouldn't say I highly doubt it. I mean, it's a one thirty game tomorrow. You're going to have all the play tonight. Today is going to be a real busy day. Every hour, we're going to get busier and busier. Folks coming to town and making their uh, decisions on this game. So uh, this game here, if it does hit 10, then you're going to see pros get involved because taking a, a touchdown and a half in a playoff game, uh, then uh, that's certainly uh, that's certainly very attractive. But again, this. But this is also a home field that's stronger than most home fields, uh, just one of the stronger home fields in uh, in the NFL. Again, it's not an automatic three anymore, but this is also a different stage uh, and setting certainly for the young Jaguars here. So I think that's the perception in a lot of people's minds and uh, certainly why the Chiefs are getting as much play as they are.
6: Yeah, You know, it's funny. Uh, the two teams that on the average scoring margin that, that kind of – Determine this, right? So the Chiefs are, they've beaten their opponent on average by seven and a half points. They're fifth in the league. Philadelphia is the same at seven eight. They're fourth. San Francisco's at ten five and Buffalo's at ten one. And Dallas, which nobody gives any chance to at all, is at, at seven nine. So my point here is if I were a betting man, but I give out betting advice, I don't bet, I would take Jacksonville and take that nine and get it up to 16. Like I, I mean, to me, that seems like like I think this will be a close game. Instead of going the other way with Kansas City, I'd go with Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, and that's the mindset of a lot of pros, Michael. And uh, in, in, in that sense, you're probably going to wait to do that to see if this game goes higher, right? I mean, so uh, and there's a pretty good chance of that happening. Just the way the 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 trend has gone so far. So if you're thinking about teasing the Jaguars, probably wait. Uh, you've got a little bit of time here. Uh, and probably wait in to see if this game does in fact go higher than than uh, nine.
6: Yeah, And, again, and, and st- I mean to me, you got you Past performance predicts future achievement. So the way teams have played, like last year, Buffalo, they they led the National Football League substantially in plus eleven and a half point differential. They were that's how good they were last year. This year they're down a little bit. They're second in the league, but they're they're a full they're a full point. 1.4 lower you know and so kansas city mm-hmm. is pretty much the same as they were last year last year they were plus seven this year they're plus seven five a little bit better but i, I think you got to take that into account because when you look at kansas city you know those scores have been in the 20s pretty much most since the bye week i think this is going to be a 28 to 20 now the question is do you think do you think the jackson will get to 21 do you think they can get the 20 i think they can
5: the, quickly, before we go to break, you open where with Philly, and you're sitting where with Philly? Then we'll get to Sunday after the break.
2: Yep, open 7, uh, late, late 7. They laid late 7.5. We're sitting at 8 right now, and the uh, money line is up 30 cents to 3.80. Um, and the total, by the way, both totals on uh, tomorrow. Uh, Chiefs up to 53, Giants up to 48. Okay,
5: to Michael's point about Jacksonville, right now their team total is sitting at 20.5. Okay, So 20 and a half for Jacksville at Kansas City. Early game tomorrow. We'll come back with Cincinnati Buffalo and Dallas San Francisco with Vinny Maliulo from behind the book there at the South Point. Okay, BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks, the sponsor of the Lombardi line. And remember, they've got the newly reconfigured app, so the in-game experience is much more efficient. Make sure you check them out, betmgm.com, or simply download the BetMGM app. If you're in Vegas, stop by any MGM property, bring your status sheet ID, you're ready to go. 1-800-GAMBLER. If you have an issue, you've got to be 21 years or older. Okay, we're back. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher live from Los Angeles. Of course, sitting there in Henderson, Nevada, Las Vegas is Vinnie Meliulo at the book there at the South Point. We discussed Saturday, so let's move on to Sunday. Cincinnati and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got it up to five and a half. Where'd you open this one with Buffalo laying it?
2: Uh, Open four, guys, uh, on last weekend, and uh, they laid the four, uh, laid four and a half, laid five. We're up to five and a half. I think uh, a good possibility we'll see six uh, in this game. And I think, you know, what does that have to do with um, uh, probably uh, the offensive line issues, uh, the injuries uh, to the offensive line of the Bengals? Um, But again... Uh, I think uh, we're, we're looking for that. That's and again, that's part of that's the reason for line movement, right? Where's the threshold where we're going to get uh, buyback? And so uh, right now, uh, it appears to be that uh, some uh, uh, that folks are waiting for six in this game, and uh, it may very well get there. Uh, the money line is up fifty cents to two fifty, and uh, the total is actually down in this game, a point from forty nine and a half uh, here at South Point to forty
6: eight and a half. And, and Vinny. That last year, you know, look, I I think the line is significant. Don't get me wrong; I'm a huge believer in the line, but they have a week to prepare, and the fact that Miami moved the ball on them last week with a backed up yeah. with a bunch of backup offensive linemen to me, I think it's a little bit disrespectful to Cincinnati, and 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 I get Buffalo's really good. Obviously, they average in their victories they average 10 points, and they've had been a hard team to beat because Josh Allen can make enough plays, but. You know, maybe I'm making too much of last week's game, but why is there the overreaction to Cincy's injuries and the underreaction to how Buffalo's played the last month of the season?
2: Well, it's a, it's a good question, Michael. And I think also the fact that they got this under their, uh, under you know, they got the the, the the emotion, which I think is still going to carry over. I mean, obviously, this is the team that, uh, you know, uh, DeMar Hamlin was injured in. Uh, and so uh, this is the matchup. Uh, and so I think there's still going to be emotion there. Uh, maybe folks feel that they got a lot out of their system last week emotionally, and you know, from a from a playing standpoint. I don't know. I can't tell you, you know, why betters do what they, uh, you know, what they do. But the fact of the matter is, they feel that uh, uh, the Bills are the the stronger team here. But it's all about the number, right? And they they went right. You know, four is still one of the key numbers, right? I mean, right after after three, uh, and after seven. Uh, you know, and you get to the four and ten, right? And so, you know what? Uh, it didn't deter them. Uh, we thought, I think there were actually uh, originally four and a halves on this game. We, uh, we felt uh, that uh, we would certainly respect uh, the Bengals a bit more. But uh, the betters, they just, they said, no, uh, we're going to go with the Bills here. And, um, you know, maybe it's a, a little bit of destiny factor. I don't know. But to your point about last week, too, let's face it. Uh, uh, the Bengals have a, a better quarterback. Uh, you know, no disrespect to Thompson uh, of the Dolphins, but uh, Burrow's better. So, but we'll find out. But I think betters are also waiting for six in this game before they get involved with the Bengals.
5: Yeah, I think somewhere Skylar Thompson is even nodding slowly that Joe Burrow might be a better quarterback than him. I agree with you there, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That Skylar Thompson, your boy. Uh, although he didn't play terribly. Uh, it's not. It's a standalone game. It's not a Monday night game. But how about Sunday night? Dallas, San Francisco. I can only imagine the handle there as better start to chase. And also two national teams.
2: Yeah, and again, you know the history here, and uh, you know the uh, uh, they are two national teams, and they've been getting a, a lot of support. But the Niners have been getting a lot of support uh, these last, uh, for the most part. Uh, I'd say you know eight out of the last ten weeks uh, we needed the other side, but. Uh, here, you know, here's a game again, guys. Uh, we opened at four. They took the four, went to three and a half. They laid three and a half back to four. So, it's happened a couple of times. So toggling back and forth. This is a marquee game. This is the game. I, you know, it's it's interesting too that the start time of this game, uh, being what it is, three thirty Pacific, uh, that's not going to impact the handle on it. People will adjust to the uh, to the time frame when it comes to just these four games, uh, so uh, this will be this will be the game that's also going to be uh, the number is going to help be decided uh, by what the carryover is. You've got these three games going to it now, and uh, that's certainly going to impact what uh, what this number closes at. But right now, uh, laying three and a half and taking four, uh, the more money line action on the Niners actually it's up twenty cents to two ten. And um, total is uh, holding pretty steady at uh, 46. You'll see uh, probably a little bit more. Uh, I think there'll be some more over money going to this game, too. The total will be impacted as well.
6: You know, I, I have a hard time with this one, Vinny. I, I mean, is I think Dallas has a chance. I really do. I think they've got to play – their way they've got to get a few stops they've got to you know they can move the ball i mean i wrote about it today everybody thinks this 49er defense is the 2000 ravens and then when you compare what the ravens did the last four games compared to what this team's done the last three games it's not even close so but my i, I don't know how to handicap this game because i don't trust the kicker and this is the only game of the weekend that we have a lot that that, that indicates a line that's somewhere within a field goal and this guy worries the hell out of me. Like, I, I know it doesn't worry Mike McCarthy, but it worries me. Like I don't know how you I, – I would go to the game with two kickers. I really would. I would go – because if he misses the first kick, I'd send him in the locker room.
2: Uh, I think it does worry Mike McCarthy. <laughs> you know, he's going to have the, all the coaches speak in the world. But, uh, I mean, if there's a close decision – on, let's say a, a fourth and two when kicking a field goal he's you're, you're probably gonna you know you're gonna he, he's, he may lean more to the uh to uh, to going for it right I mean I know you have to throw last week away but listen I think that's a big concern there's no question about it so um and again I think the question is you know it's the same question as last week which 49 I mean uh, which uh, uh, Cowboy team is going to show up obviously the uh uh uh, the stronger uh, Cowboy team showed up last week, but I, I have to be honest with you, uh, and, and I'm not going to take anything away from their victory because it was dominating. Uh, I don't think Tampa was very good last week, and uh, we know the Niners are going to are, are are better. So, um, but we also talked last week, you know, about what the projected number on this game would be. And I always caution people when I make those, you know, predictions. I look at, you know, what what the power ratings show and things like that. And it was actually much higher, you know, or a couple of points higher going into, you know, the weekend. But the dominating performance by the Niners had us make this game probably a point and a half to, to two points lower. So that that you know, perception is reality, as I always say, uh, particularly to betters. And uh, that that impacted this opening number. And obviously, uh, the betters feel uh, uh, better about the Cowboys. Uh, uh, as well, because that's where they're taking the four, and they didn't lay it so far. But again, that could change between now and kickoff uh, on Sunday at three thirty. You're
5: going to, as you mentioned, Vinnie. You're going to need the two dogs on Saturday. Will you mm-hmm. need the dogs on Sunday, or are you gonna? Is it a little different as far as the projections? <laughs>
2: I think a Sunday's a little bit different, and again, the numbers tell you that, right, guys? I mean, they're are lower point spreads. I mean, you've got a nine and an eight right now tomorrow, and uh, we we know that we're going to need at least one of those dogs to cover tomorrow. Uh, you're you're you know, I think we'll get some buyback on. There'll be there'll be some support for the Bengals, and we're already seeing two-way action uh, on the uh, the Cowboys Niners. So, of of the dogs uh, that we're going to need, uh, certainly tomorrow. Uh, is is going to be uh is going to be uh, more of a key factor uh, for at least one of them to uh, to cover tomorrow.
6: Yeah, there'll be a lot of tears if that uh if there's an upset tomorrow with all those teasers that are attached to both those teams. There'll yeah. be a, I mean there'll be a lot. Of, you're going to have to give out a lot of free hot dogs tomorrow if that happens. There's no doubt. You're going to have to give out some well, free hot dogs. You have to give out those hot dog cards, Vinny.
2: Well, listen. If uh, if we we do what we uh, we have to to console our uh, guests, I mean, you know, I can't tell you, you know, he 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 has that healthy aura about him, you know, Maher. But Mahers had more hot dogs than <laughs> you and I combined, Michael. Trust me.
6: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
5: Uh, I, 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 would I, always... I don't know why.
6: Vin, uh, can Jimmy <laughs> post the number of how many hot dogs you think is going to get sold Saturday and Sunday? I mean, uh, I, I wish will, I was in uh, that uh, business.
2: I t- <laughs> I'll have Jimmy. Uh, I'll have Jimmy as he put Twix out. Twix, by the way, for Jimmy. Twix that's out, uh, our yeah. version of of Twitter. Uh, I'll have him uh, put a number out on uh, total uh, the over and under a uh, number of hot dogs uh, for Saturday and Sunday.
5: Well, yeah. Jimmy Vaccaro, the legendary bookmaker, he's easy to find. He's at one of two places. He's at the spa at the South Point, or he's at Target.
2: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's that's right. You know, but the spas is after. You know, that's his. That's his daily briefing.
6: <laughs> he, he goes to McDonald's, Target, and the South Point Spa. I thought he spa. goes to Steak and Shop. I thought he goes to Steak and Shop. I thought he goes right there. Steak that, and no? Shake. I uh, think he every, goes to McDonald's.
2: No, nah, he's a McDon He's more McDonald's for the morning, and then a uh, couple of times a uh, a uh, uh, a month he hits over to uh, Steak and Shake here at South Point. Yeah,
5: That's the Vinny, best. and of course, the other Hall of Famer is. Vinny Maliulo, who is steady with his peanut butter and jelly sandwiches all the way through the postseason as well. Vinny, right. thank you
6: very much,
5: and good luck this weekend. We appreciate you.
6: Thanks, Go, Vinny. Good with guys. Enjoy the
2: games.
5: Okay, we're going to have fun when we come back here. We're going to power rank the head coaching vacancies. What says Michael Lombardi about the head coaching vacancies? That's coming up next. Then Amal Shaw will join the show. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM.
0: To the Lombardi line on vSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
5: Okay, it's a great offer right now. Introductory offer $9.99. What do you get as far as a subscriber and becoming a vSIN pro? Everything. You get the betting guides, you get Lombardi's look ahead, you get the picks every single day. We do the handicapping for you, so Bill AD will email you all the picks from the hosts and guests every single day, including I just sent two over to Elliot from. Thomas Gable for college basketball tonight. Bison.com slash subscribe. It's only 999 slash subscribe. As we welcome you back, of course, just what less than, I don't know, right about 24 hours. Divisional weekend kicks off tomorrow. We'll be here early tomorrow for the Lombardi line before those two games. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Uh, quickly before we get to the head coaching vacancies, yeah. uh, David Crosby passes away. I'm yeah. curious, of course, the birds. Crosby, Sills, and Nash. Were you a big Crosby fan growing up? CSN and why, as well?
6: You know, I, I I I wasn't a huge fan. I enjoyed it, but uh, I I learned to become a bigger fan. I've watched a lot of the documentaries about Laurel Canyon, about Echo Park, yeah. and he's obviously intimately involved in a lot of that stuff. And listen to, and I watched the documentary of him talking about his life and all the discontent that was the stir that he was created and when he was in prison for drugs and how he's kind of trying to get his life back in order again. And, you know, and never really could repair the relationship, whether it was with Roger McGinn or whether it's with, you know, any of the members of, 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 with Graham Nash or, you know, Stephen Stills, they all end up not talking to one another, which was kind of tragic. So, yeah, I've done a lot of uh, interesting things. I think he's he's supplied me with some great information, you know, in terms of he talked about talent and how young songwriters, when they write their first set of music, you know, those 12 songs that they put on an album, and we're going back in the day when there were albums, that was their, you know, that was 20 years of work because they've kind of put everything into it. The next album is when they truly found if they had if they had talent or not, and I think that's certainly the case as you look at any part of your career.
5: R.I.P. David Crosby, eighty-one years old. That was a bit of a surprise. A hard yesterday. eighty-one
6: too. Now, Patrick, that was oh. not an easy eighty-one. I oh, mean, no. as Sinatra said, he, he you know he he uh, you know he got the best of it. You know he did.
5: If David Crosby made it to eighty-one, the rest of us we we're pushing we're we're looking at 100. Okay. It was a hundred. Okay, so, a hard 81, no doubt. In fact, I think he had a A lot of transplant.
6: third downs in that 81. He was calling a lot of third downs in that 81. Not, not where you want to be. He wasn't playing Canadian football in those third downs.
5: <laughs> he was going for two. Okay. Head coaching vacancies. There's five. The Carolina Panthers, Denver Broncos, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans, and Arizona Cardinals. None have been filled as of yet. I, I thought we'd have a little fun. Let's rank the vacancies. Okay. So Carolina you got seven draft picks. You don't have a ton of cap space. Denver, seven picks, 10 mil. Indianapolis, 20 mil, seven picks. Houston Texans have 47 million and 11 draft picks this year. And you've got Arizona with 22 million, five draft picks in the forthcoming draft. Can we start by talking about some of the desirability of these openings?
6: Well, all this is all predicated. Look, there are three most important factors of any organization. It's who's the owner, who's the quarterback, Right. Those two things and who's the coach? Those three things have to be aligned within perfect symmetry. And so we know in Denver that their owner has understands that. And so that's a huge get. They don't have a quarterback, even though they may think they do with Russell Wilson. So to me, I find that the most attractive job because it's got an incredible fan base. It's an incredible city. Yeah, I know you got to play Patrick Mahomes twice. Yeah, I know you got to play Justin Herbert twice. But there's a lot going for you because I think the owner understands the role of the coach, that's half the battle is getting the owners to understand what the job is and what it isn't, you know, because they're so constantly inundated with, you know, he's a good play caller or he does this or he does that. So I like Denver. I think Denver's a really good job. Obviously, Houston's got a lot of assets. They don't have a quarterback. They're a young team. They have not been very well coached over the last two years. In all fairness, the changes that they've made, if you watch the games, you've got to make the changes. They were not very well coached. So I think they've got a lot of going for them. They've got the nucleus to get there. They need the quarterback. And, you know, so you got to get that. Carolina has a good team without the quarterback. And Carolina's, you know, the D.J. Moore helmet away from, from – being where Tampa was and probably would have given Dallas a better game than Tampa did. Right. They might've given yeah. them a better game. So, you know, that's, that, that's not one of those where you think, Oh God, that's not a good job. I, I think that's, that, that has a chance to be a really good job if you could solve the quarterback riddle, I think, as you move forward and, and go through that. So, you know, when, when I look at, when I look at these games and I look at these teams that are obviously looking for a head coach, you know, you're constantly trying to figure out like where are we where we're going to do Arizona I think you got a mess to clean up because there was really no alignment from the organization on down. Monty's going to take over. Monty Ausubel is going to take over the GM job, but who's going to be the coach? A B. How much influence is the owner going to have? Which I hear there's still influence. And C. Steve Keim is not the GM, but he might still be there. As the owner said, he could come back in some role, not general manager. That worries me. Wow, I didn't realize that. He must have a tremendous
5: relationship with Bidwill. he's in his to box back. every
6: week, you yeah, know. It's, and it's, it's, and so wow. Bidwell sold his home in Phoenix too. I don't know where he, you know, where he moved to, but he just sold his home there. So, you know, for me, it's like, okay, where are? You know, what, what is his involvement? I think if you understand the Bidwell family, you understand that they like separation of GM and coach, and they like the ownership to have a say in what's going on.
5: I think the under-the-radar one is Houston, Michael. We talked about the cap space. Also, they've got 11 picks in the forthcoming draft, and they just went through Coley one season and then Lovey one season. Many would say, well, they're impetuous. Maybe they'd make a change quickly. I think having done that, it puts pressure on them to kind of keep the next head coach and let him do his thing after being so impetuous and in, in, in reacting to Coley and Lubby the way they did.
6: Yeah, I think I think they, they, they have to get this right, right? I mean, when they hired Coley... Uh, I mean I don't he never been a coordinator before. And then when they hired Lovey, if they just looked at Lovey's track record of when he was a head coach before, and it, there was no alignment between Nick the general manager and the either either coach he hired, which tells me that maybe the owner wanted to hire a coach and, and try to get everybody to work together. I don't know. I think it's a really good job. You got a lot of resources. You can only go up. I mean, the the best thing is 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 when you take a job that has not been very good for a long period, you can only go up. I mean, you know, it can't right. get any worse, right? Right. I we talked
5: so much about Sean Payton. So if we take a look at Carolina, Denver, Indianapolis, Houston, and Arizona and think about front runners.
6: Oh, I left only Indiana one, right, out. Yeah.
5: The only one is Indianapolis because you know, it looks like Saturday, and you've been talking about it even before the interview started. You know, the relationship with the owner, it looks like Saturday is going to get that one. That's the only one we see right now that has kind of a front runner.
6: Well, I think the other problem with, with, with it is because, because of of Saturday's involvement, he's going to be involved whether he gets a job or not. So, hmm. like, I don't know what's going to happen. You
7: That's know, I don't know how
6: this is going to work. I mean, like, how do you work that? How does that happen? So three of them have
5: three of them questions at quarterback. Obviously, Carolina, Indianapolis, and Houston, and then two question marks at quarterbacks. Although you're married to the quarterback, Denver and Arizona. You know you're married to yeah. the issue coming in, and that being Wilson well, you're
6: only married to Wilson Murray. for on a short term. I mean, you can manage the team around them. You've got to change the team, but you can manage. They actually have a good team if they could just get some kind of production out of the quarterback, which I'm not sure it can't get better than it was last year. But you got to build the team differently, and the team's got to become tougher. I think Denver could rise a little bit with just the right coach in there. I don't think they're as depleted. like They're not as bad as Houston in terms of their talent base or Arizona. Arizona's going to be a rebuild. I think there's no doubt about that. Indianapolis is talent base. Their offensive line did not play good at all this year, and they're all locked in. So that's going to take some work. I mean, Indy's got talent on some places on defense. They don't have a quarterback, and the players that they thought are good didn't play well for him last year.
5: You see the report that Russell Wilson apparently reached out directly to Sean Payton. I mean, saying, why Come, not? You know, help me.
6: why not? Yeah, of course, why not? Yeah. I mean, like, look, you know, I mean, they're going to have to involve. Ru- they're in with this Russell. They can't escape right, it. Right. They can't escape it yet. So it's a lot easier to kind of get them. But to me, I think that's a conversation that Russell may not want to hear. Because it's going to be, hey Russell, this is what we're going to do. We're not. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to make the team better.
5: Arizona, I'd be dubious. I think there's a. I think Arizona, there's a like you mentioned, a rebuild and also a quarterback that is empowered, emboldened.
6: Yeah, right. That's and, and I don't think the owner understands. I don't think the owner understands what the head coaching job is and isn't. I don't think he gets that. I don't think he understands what the GM job is either. I think there's a little bit of that. I, I think you can't make progress if you don't know that. It's going to be really hard.
5: Hey, coaching's hard in the NFL.
6: Your boy Cliff got a one-way ticket to Thailand. I don't know if you've ever visited not? Thailand. But <laughs> no, <laughs> I, not? I'm probably not going to do that either, Patrick. I don't know. You go tell me how you like it. <laughs> I will. Hey, if I had Kingsbury's cash in his situation,
5: I might get a one-way ticket as well. When we come back, a guy that we've compared many times to Cliff Kingsbury, Amal Shaw joins the show here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Okay, it's the best loyalty program in the game. It's BetMGM with the rewards, the king of sportsbooks. Remember, every time you make a bet at BetMGM, you earn BetMGM reward points, which you can convert to BetMGM rewards for free bets, airfare, travel. It's the best loyalty program in the game. Check it out, BetMGM.com or download the app. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. You've got to be 21 years or older. Okay, Big Bets is coming up next here on Vsin. The Sports Betting Network won half of Big Bets. Amal Shaw joins us now. Lombardi Line, Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Amal, thoughts on this yes, weekend? Sir. Let's start there.
7: Well, you know, first of all, Michael, I'm glad you got a black t shirt on. Patrick wearing black, I'm wearing black. And all. for people that are unaware that might not be viewing us right now, that is in honor of our buddy Dave Ross. Should be the Cowboys' funeral probably sometime Sunday night in Santa Clara. Looking forward <laughs> to the uh, 49ers probably moving on in all likelihood.
6: Oh, my God. I mean, he went right for the juggler. I mean, he's doing his best Stephen A here. You give him no chance at all, Amal.
7: <laughs> no, I actually do, Michael. I just wanted to say that. I just, by dumb luck, I I rarely I wear black like twice a year. And Maher's in black, and you got a black T-shirt. I said, we got the trifecta here. I was just yeah. shocked to have three of a kind. But um, I actually think they got a great shot. Michael, the one question mark I have about Brock Purdy and the situation he hasn't faced yet is... What does he do when they're trailing by four points, three points with two minutes to go when they need to really move the ball? They have been so far out in front. They've won nine of their last 11 games, guys, by double digits. That how does he respond when the pressure is the greatest?
6: Well, I think that's a really great question, right? I think that that's the, that's the one area where if he's behind by – and it's I don't think if it's three or four points. I think if he's behind by 14 points going into the fourth quarter, then – Everybody the next day is going to write, Brock Purdy isn't very good. But the reality of it is, is Brock Purdy can only play a certain style. Pretty much like Garoppolo can play a certain style. Much like Daniel Jones has to play a certain style. And Kyle's offense is not conducive to a drop-back pass game. Kyle's offense is all about play-action pass, run the ball. And he's able to build this lead because he has the best yards after the catch receivers in all of football. If Dallas wins, it'll be because they've limited yards after the catch. I don't know if we'll ever get Purdy in that situation. It's hard. Now, I will say this. Their defense, to me, as much as I love the speed of their defense, the athleticism of their defense, and the tackling of their defense, they can be beaten. You can move the ball on their defense. This is not, and I'm going to say it again, this is not the 2000 Baltimore Ravens.
7: Uh, I would agree with that completely, Patrick. I I think the one point that Michael makes that's so valid – Guys, I look at six teams that have a shot to win this whole thing. I would put Dallas sixth. uh, I would say Cincinnati fifth only because they've got to play two road games. And then the other four teams, I I can make an argument for the other four all the way. I just can't support Jacksonville or the Giants.
6: Well, yeah, because you know why you can't support them is because, like I wrote about today in my column, is you have to eliminate the teams that can't play left-handed. Right, so Dallas can play left-handed, right? Dallas can throw it, they can run it. You know, uh, the Giants have to play a certain way. They can't get behind. Jacksonville can't get behind, even though they did last week, but not against Kansas City. There's a certain way they've got to play. And so to to get – it's like a video game. To get to level five in the video game, you've got to be able to meet the criteria. And there's a couple teams in the power ranking that just don't meet the criteria. And that would be the Giants to me, and that would be – That would be Jacksonville. Cincinnati, everybody's making this big deal about their offensive line. Well, the line was bad last year. And, look, Burrow's going to throw the ball like crazy. You're going to see – I think Buffalo's going to play a ton of cover, two to try to take away all the underneath throws. And they're going to dare Cincinnati to run the ball and say, okay, we're in a shell. You run it because you can't protect.
7: You're absolutely, Patrick. Real quick, you know, I just yeah, want to add please. one more thing. You know, he said, talk about playing left-handed. The way Dak plays sometimes, I thought he was left-handed.
5: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what's fascinating about Cowboys fans like Dave and uh,
6: oh, they're the best. Femi, Femi and, and Bill Berman and John Goulet is not. Berman that they would beat Tampa. Berman would object to that. He says he's not like that. He's not. He's he's a realistic no, he's Cowboy special. fan. They're, those are different. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
5: He, but now that they beat Tampa, they're looking back, Michael, in the rear view, and they're being like, "Yeah, but it was Tampa. They're, they're nothing like this San Francisco defense." But remember last week, they were all afraid they couldn't beat Tampa. They were treating Tampa oh, like know. they were the '85
6: Bears. So here comes oh, I know. San Francisco. Was, I mean, <laughs> Femi, Femi didn't sit in his Sorry, chair dude. at circa, and the sweat was coming down him on Thursday. He was so I mean Thursday he was so nervous as he was reading his Trey Lance is a good player book. The sweat was pouring down him. <laughs>
7: Wait, <laughs> who Patrick, wrote that? Doctor Seuss. If it...
6: Yeah, no, Pat... I mean he's been reading that book constantly. We talk about it on the pod. Elliot will tell you. I mean he's he has he said I haven't closed the book on Trey Lance yet, and so I, I continue, he's continually reading it. I mean it must be a Robert Caro book because it must be a thousand pages long.
7: <laughs> I, I'm glad he hasn't closed the book on it. I didn't realize anybody had actually opened the book on him. <laughs> <laughs> well,
6: he's got. Hey, Femi's got partners with it. He's got. He's got uh, Adam Peters, who's the assistant GM there, and he's got. He's got John Lynch there. They 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 well, open listen, the book they, on him. Trust me.
7: They have to justify their pick. You know, this is the old uh, Joe Dumars Darko Milicic pick. Hey. You know, you can't ever get over the fact that you didn't take Carmelo or Dwayne Wade. But you know, we wouldn't want Hall of Fame players. But I understand why you wouldn't take Carmelo because Carmelo has actually never car uh, never gone across the timeline oh, here, defensively.
6: Here's here's the here's the comes to Syracuse kill. All right, here we go. Patrick, get back in order what, again, will you?
5: No, but <laughs> you know it's fa- it, he? What he's saying is fascinating because it's there's almost a corollary where they draft Lance. Lance gets injured. Purdy, mm-hmm. who's Mister Irrelevant, potentially goes on to win a Super Bowl. They draft Darko. Darko sits on the bench. Larry Brown comes in. They win a championship. So there is kind of a corollary there with the Detroit (laughs) Pistons and the San Francisco 49ers, if I could. Uh, Quickly, do you think Cincinnati-Buffalo, do you think there's a little too much respect, Amal, being given right now to Buffalo with that 5.5 off the 3.5 opener?
7: Yeah, I've seen it as high as six as well. No, I don't think it's. A, I think it's a concern on the offensive line, right? The injuries from the Bengals' offensive line standpoint, I think that's the biggest area of concern. I still think uh, Joe Burrow and company are going to find a way to be competitive. I don't know if they win the game, but I did not play any games so far this weekend. I would take the six with the Bengals here.
6: Yeah, and what, you say you haven't played. You, you don't have a favorite game you like this weekend. There's not nothing that jumped out at you.
7: No, not in the NFL. I'm waiting for tomorrow college basketball. There'll be about 200 games, and it'll be it'll be a fun time there. But I, I don't know, Michael. To me, nothing really jumps out. I can make a compelling argument. Kansas City doesn't do a good job of covering large numbers. They've at times they play down to the level of competition. The first time these two teams met, Jags lose by 10. They're minus three. I'm sorry, they're plus three in the turnover margin. Minus 175 yards. They get a backdoor touchdown to cut it to 10. Buffalo has won I think eight in a row, including the playoffs but they haven't looked overwhelming. Uh, the, I mentioned the Niners. They've won a nine out of their last 11 uh, by double digits in those in those games that I referenced. Uh, but still, at the same time, they've got a rookie quarterback who has never been put in a pressure situation. Dallas has got some concerns on the special teams. Philadelphia Jalen Hurts' shoulders banged up a little bit. I think there's arguments made on all sides here. Everybody's excited about the New York Giants because Daniel Jones played one good game against Vanderbilt. And now all of a sudden we're excited about what he can do against Bama next week. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think that I think there's an overextension there. But I think the Giants are at least at least one thing I'll make a case for the Giants. They're healthy on defense. They have Davis, the yeah. kid they got from the Lions, the first-round pick. Not that he's a great player, but he gives them more speed. Leonard Williams this will be the first time he played against the Eagles all year. And Adoree Jackson will be the first time he played against them. So that's got to help. But they they can't get behind in the game. If they're down 14 to nothing, yeah. it's going to be trouble. And when Philly shows that Hurts can run with the ball to disprove your theory that he's hurt, I think that, that makes Don Martindale say, "Okay, what am I? How am I going to handle this?" I think it'll be fun to watch, though.
7: Which game Michael, are you guys you're most co- looking forward to? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it was well,
6: the game. I,
5: for me, it's Dial San Francisco on Sunday night. How about you, Michael? The game you're lo- most looking uh, forward to? I, I'm actually
7: day? well, I'm looking forward to them
6: all because I think it's they're all good. They all, as Amal just laid yeah. out, they all. You can make arguments for both sides, even though the spread's so wide. I think you can make argument. I mean, I think I want to watch Joe Burrow in Buffalo, I, how he handles it, because he is a kid that plays to the level of what he needs to play to win the game.
7: I, I, I agree with that. I can't wait for Cincinnati-Buffalo.
6: We'll see you tomorrow on the Lombardi Line.